Leader for good. Let's talk mission, meaning and making a difference. Okay, so welcome to our episode today and we'll talk we'll be talking about imposter syndrome and how to overcome imposter syndrome. And I'm joined today by Dewey and Charu. And we're joking about how all our names are a bit difficult to pronounce. So if you could just introduce yourselves in a few words, that would be lovely. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Charu and I'm a transformational energy healer. I work with people uh, both in person. I'm currently in Guatemala, but I'm often based in uh, LA. And I also work with people online all around the world, no matter where they are. And I actually specifically work with people kind of overcoming these feelings of inadequacy and lack in their in themselves and in their relationship with life so that they can step out fully and um, bring their authentic self onto the onto the stage so that they can do whatever they're here to do in a confident way. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, hi everyone, my name is Dewey. <laughs> a lot of people call me Dewey. I'm a life coach and I am based in Virginia, United States. Um, I've been doing, I work with people in person and online as well. And I love, for the, for the last five years, I've been going through this transformation that has uh, a lot to do with what we're going to talk about. And I've been transforming my practice to go deeper into those layers. Um, like what Charu mentioned, those feelings or emotions of inadequacy and those deep beliefs that are rooted in our brain and ultimately in our behavior. Yeah, thank you. So um, have you both always uh, been entrepreneurs or were you employed before? Just sort of like, you know, to... to because I think like people watching may have different um, experience. So just, just in terms of, you know, background um, information. I've done both. Yeah. <laughs> this is my first time being an entrepreneur. Um, I, for this, I was a student an employee and I was, I was not raised as an entrepreneur. So it's been an interesting way. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's really interesting because I think it may show up a bit differently when you're in a job versus when you're uh, doing your own business. Like like for me too, um, I have a legal and an academic background, and it's just such a different environment because uh, so much in law and academia is about you want to be completely precise. You know, everything has to be absolutely correct and. As an entrepreneur, it's more about, well, let's test something out, see if it works. And if not, well, we'll try something else. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's fascinating. And like, um, Taro, what did you do before? Um, I have done all sorts of things. I've been a barista. I've, I've been like a personal assistant. Um, my gosh, I've like run healing centers. <laughs> I'm kind of like one of those people who can do anything that I get asked to do. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I never had like a career focus because the healing caught me at such a young age. So I knew that I was just finding my way to doing that work full time. Mm. Yeah. So 
what does imposter syndrome mean to mean to you? I know we've been talking a bit about what, what does that even mean and you know, how does it show up? So I was just wondering about your own experience with it or understanding. I think for me, um, particularly like because of the field that I work in, um, I'm guessing that it could always like come to the surface, you know, like that feeling because when you're self-employed, when you're working with other people, you'll have experiences at some time where, you know, you work with a client and you have a huge breakthrough or they have a huge breakthrough and the session feels so positive and you're like, yes, I have so much confidence in what I do. But then the next week you could have a client come who, even though you make through huge breakthroughs, maybe they don't get all the way as far <laughs> as they want to get or like as far as you know they could get and sometimes in those situations I think um that feeling of imposter syndrome or that feeling of like am I really like am I really capable of mm. doing this yeah. you know can come up and I'm sure that for me that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't go for a like a professional career so to speak because definitely and you know in if I'm in a situation I love to learn but if I'm in a situation which is out of my depth or in an environment which I'm not comfortable in like those kinds of feelings of like can I really do this um is my work high enough quality I can really come to the surface mm. in, you know for me in any situation but I would say um, as you were saying, like in academia or law, like if there's certain expected standards, right? I think that that, you know, like that can be like a really challenging um, experience for the human heart to be questioning yourself. You well, know? you know, what's, what's so interesting for me, it's almost more comfortable to hold myself to these standards though, of like law or academia, because you can, there's a way where you can hide behind trying to be absolutely, you know, like as, as correct as possible versus creative expression, which I feel is very different than, you know, making sure all your, uh, <laughs> I don't know, footnotes yeah. are, are, are up, to, up to par. So yeah, thank you for sharing all that. Um, so I, it, it almost sounds like there's an aspect where how people react also plays a role. I think, I mean, like, it's, it's a funny thing for me to talk about because it's not, it's not really something that's present for me anymore. But I thinking back and then thinking of the clients that I have and what the circumstances are that can trigger it. For me, it's like, I think for a lot of people, it's in the relationship where it gets mm -hmm. triggered. Yeah, It's kind of in that space of, you know, oh, I've submitted a report and, you know, like my boss wants to speak to me about it. And the immediate assumption is, oh, I'm going to be told I didn't do a good job rather than like he wants to speak to me because I did a great job, you know? <laughs> like, about something completely different. That is, yeah. 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 How, yeah. how about you? Um, so I completely, I mean, obviously I relate to that, but I really resonate when you're saying relationship um and it goes to, for me it's like we're also in relationship with ourselves and 
we have for me where like there's this duality like i can do this possibility and then there is this you know our shadow that tries to keep us where we're at and protect us so it is a constant um it's a constant voice that's there like don't even do this because it's not going to be enough but once it's um in relationship with other people that can be even more triggering and more paralyzing because now i'm in their space trying to assume their situation or figure out what their experience was or what they're going to say um so yeah it is it shows up for me a little bit like that um and when you say tara at the beginning about how imposter syndrome shows up for high performers I didn't even think about that, you know, because I did, I didn't realize that about myself. But now that you think you mentioned it, it's like I guess you get to a certain level where it, it becomes more uh, rather than just just that voice of well, it's not enough or don't do it, you're too good or that's too good. But it becomes more because now you're involving more people and you want to do better and more for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so i am wondering what like advice you have for you know, like what has helped you when you've encountered imposter syndrome hmm. so what have i done honestly i keep going mm-hmm. it's a practice i have like for me i love the char sets it's like she it doesn't show up for her as much um in practice but for me it has taken like i'm still going through it from time to time and it takes me sometimes days to get out of that paralyzed state like analysis paralysis yeah yeah and what i'm implementing now is just the thing that i'm most afraid of go and do it yeah go and do it and obviously like there's breathing breath work and so many tools behind that but um if i were to recommend one it would be go within and breath work breath work yeah so um basically you would breathe while you experience the sensations that are coming up yeah yeah i'm very physical so it is a lot of um I used to have that fear, which actually Brene Brown mentions it in one of her talks, like she felt her body was going to explode. She literally was afraid that it was going to explode. And that's how it shows up for me. And uh, even to the point of having a panic attack. Oh, wow. It's It's breathing, breathing, and just being like, having that other part of you that really wants to do this, your essence, I call it, or your, your higher self remind you in that moment like you got this feel it through breathe it through i think it's so interesting that you're mentioning the role of the body you know when i was um saying hey let's do something about imposter syndrome i didn't realize that we'd also be talking about fear although i mean now that we're talking about it's like yeah of course we would be talking about fear um so something I've been told, and I think it makes a lot of sense, is that fear and excitement are actually very similar in the body. And that the only difference Mm -hmm. is if you breathe or not, like, you know, when you're excited, you still breathe. 
versus with fear it's like ah. <laughs> and then like the expectation because with excitement it's like oh something's gonna happen it's gonna be great you know this is exciting and with fear it's like something's going to be happening, it's going to be terrible. So really like breath and expectations are some of the few differences between fear and excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was just like an interesting insight that, um, yeah. That's real. I did not know that. I love that. Yeah. 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 I love that distinction. Yes. Cause um, I think some, yeah. Cause, cause I think sometimes excitement can actually also feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I, like yeah like too much energy almost or yeah yeah okay well yeah and i love this insight about just do it um i think i think sometimes there's so much self-esteem that can come just from doing stuff that we think we can't do Uh, I, i think something that's also helped me is get a lot of support from people I, you know, for me, I think one of the hardest things that I've done, which I guess doesn't completely relate to imposter syndrome, but um, is, you know, starting all over again in, in terms of my, my professional life. And I needed so much support until I was able to make that shift. And I guess it's a bit different than imposter syndrome because it was more just like straight out fear, but yeah. If I were to, I mean, and please, what do you guys think? Uh, for me, the way I was analyzing when when he mentioned, like, hey, who's open to having this conversation? Um, for me, it's like the not enough story is the belief, and then it escalates and transforms into imposter syndrome. Like, stress then becomes anxiety, and then anxiety can become panic. Um, and stress is also that fear. So it's kind of like, it's like the latter. Uh, but what do you guys think about that? Has it shown up for you that way? I think that's such an interesting insight that it's basically getting worse. Um, I think that's possible. I'm not sh- Yeah. That it's starting small and then it just escalates. And, um, so I wonder if part of what could help us catch it early. Basically, you know, like when, when, when we're getting like a cold, probably it's helpful to catch it early because then maybe you can still do something about it or just by the time you're already with a fever in bed. It's <laughs> yeah. I think it, when you feed it, it, feed, it grows. Yeah, I think that's so true. That's so true. It's sort of like how we talk to ourselves. And I think there's also part about what we see because... Um, at any moment, there's a hundred, a thousand things we could focus on. And it seems in that state, it's mostly focused on the negative, but specifically the negative about ourselves. Um, and then like at other times when we feel on top of the world, like we basically see the parts, you know, like, hey, this is great. I did wonderfully. Um, yeah, so, so it's very much uh, our perception that changes, changes that, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, I found that Uh, and for the people that I work with that the thing that's most effective is as you said like catching it early Mm -hmm. and coming like I kind of teach a practice of like coming back to yourself so if I feel those feelings or I notice those thoughts as soon as I notice them like I come 
to me and I'm like, hey, how are you? Like, what's going on? Like, what is this story that you're telling yourself? Um, and I really focus on the realization that whatever that voice is inside of me or the feelings inside of me that are trying to say like warning or you might get in trouble or someone might be angry with you they're not current they're like a child or a younger aspect of myself that did have that experience previously and it's like there's something too similar in the present situation and so it's coming up with it's like oh no this was like that moment in class when you put your hand up and you got the answer wrong and everyone laughed at you. Like, mm. you're not going to do that again. You know, it's like, so in, in just connecting with that, that younger part or the scared part and saying like, thank you so much for protecting me. You know, like, I know that you really want me to do well here. I know that you really are rooting for me to do the best work that I can whether it's in my self-employment or my employment, but because you're, because you're nervous, it's, it's actually making it harder for me to concentrate or do the good work that I want to do. So kind of like how, you know, could we have a conversation? Could we, is there anything that I can do that helps you feel more secure so that you can relax and trust the process and engage in a, in a more, a uh, harmonious way you could say with what's with what's going on and absolutely as you said the key to that is as soon as I feel the feelings or as soon mm. as I know there's the thought that I don't try to bypass and push it away because then it's by the time I do get to deal with it we're dealing with maybe like a week or a month's worth of stuff that's come into the space whereas if I do it as soon as I notice there's maybe only like one or two thoughts or one or two experiences that I, I'm working with and then maybe I'm doing it every day but I'm doing it every day rather than trying to turn away and then you know like dealing with like just too much emotion by the time it I turn to face it you know yeah, I think that's such a great advice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Any anything else that you've uh, noticed that helps other people? I do this uh, vulnerability workshops, and it's something that has completely transformed me. Uh, and it actually, I got to experience it in the fellowship that in starting block. Uh, yeah. Um, where I got introduced to vulnerability. I knew what it was, but I didn't really, mm -hmm. like I knew the word, but didn't know the meaning. Um, and honestly, it has given me support, like what you mentioned. It has taken an army. So community is very important. Community, which with people who you can be authentic with. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, if you're not authentic, you feel like you're hiding. You feel like you're doing something wrong. Right. Or your yeah. experiences yeah. wrong. Mm -hmm. So open, and that has for sure, like, skyrocketed until a certain point, my confidence. But it is, when I say to a certain point, I mean, like, it's every day. I do it every, like Tara said, it's an everyday practice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
even in those, I see it kind of as a muscle. What I mentioned before, like the more you feed it, the more it grows. So yeah. if I give in to that voice, the more that that fear is going to grow or, yeah. what, or that voice is going to grow. But if I'm like, no, I can do this and what's going on inside of me and telling that little girl that that's not, um, that's untrue. Uh, uh, makes the other voice grow and makes the other side of me grow and go further. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like if we could summarize a bit what we, what we mentioned. Making sure, making sure to feed the other voice, not the, not the imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So kind of like voices that are aligned with self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Like, or as a, Dewey was saying that you know like making sure that the people that you're sharing with are people who really get you so that the reassurance and validation is is real because if 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 I'm being totally fake and I'm getting reassurance and validation I actually can't take it in right yeah because I know it's not me you know (laughs) So it's like that it ha- like reassurance and validation has to be very authentic yeah. in order for it to, to do what it wants to do in our hearts, in our beings, um, which supports us personally to then give it to ourselves. Right. Yeah. So I guess like, you know, uh, just trying to, to put it all together, all the stuff we talked about to have like some takeaways. So um, feeding, feeding the positive voices, having community being authentic because otherwise any compliments we get they're not really going in making sure we catch these uh negative voices early on because otherwise it just escalates um just doing the thing that we're afraid of often can really help um breathing uh to breathing through the through these emotions coming back to ourselves anything i missed that we mentioned no, I, think that's I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, I don't. I don't think I could have arrived <laughs> there by myself. So I'm so grateful that you joined me and sort of like shared your <laughs> experience and, um, you know, both your own experience and your expertise and uh, knowledge mm-hmm. about, about this with me. Um, yeah. Where 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 can people go to find out more about what you do? I have a couple of websites. Um, one is my name, which is written on the screen, C-H-A-R-U-S-I-L.com. That's specifically for my healing work, uh, one-on-one healing work. And the art of integrity.com yeah. is um, my, uh, it's, it's just in kind of creation right now, but it's more like courses and um, support exactly for what we're talking about. People really coming in, into that authentic knowing of their own wisdom mm-hmm. and developing the skills to yeah to to radiate that and mm-hmm. to, yeah. okay. to draw the story that they're not doing it well enough <laughs> and, and we can put all that in the show notes if it's hard to catch that at the yeah. moment yeah how about, how about yourself <laughs> um so right now my website is being built it's in process so right now on Instagram and you guys, anybody who's interested, you can shoot me an email. Um, yeah. Awesome. Right and we'll, we'll also put that in the we'll show. Add it. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for joining me. 
and uh, thank you for listening. And yeah, we'll, we'll have probably more talks about this imposter syndrome. So thank you. Thank you so much for having this conversation. Okay, bye-bye. As always, you can get the show notes for this episode at leaderforgood forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd encourage you to sign up for my newsletter at leaderforgood.com. You'll also receive a free meditation that can help you connect to your own authentic power and leadership. And I will be able to keep you in the loop about all upcoming episodes. I look forward to connecting with you there. Have a great day.